Welcome to Open the Truth. My name's Clinton. Hey, I'm Tony. Welcome back. And hey, I just want to have a just a regular old old school Open the Truth discussion. Mm-hmm. No pre-planned agenda. All right. I heard something on the way here. Wow. I'm like, let's just do an impromptu episode on let's it. Let's talk about that. Okay, hit me with it. Okay, here's what the guy on the radio said. Uh, money will make happy people happier and unhappy people unhappier. So money does not buy happiness. I guess so. It amplifies whatever you, whatever kind of person you already are, you will become more of that thing. I guess, that's the claim. Yeah? That's right. If you're a stingy person who lives with a scarcity mentality and you win the lottery, you'll probably still be... You're, you're not likely going to become a generous person overnight. That's the claim. If you Sorry, if you won the lottery? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. would probably freak out and start to hoard it and be worried that all your friends were trying to grab a piece. And Well, yeah, so let's just kind of unpack the claim Yeah. Um, that money always will amplify your current disposition. I can imagine where it would depend on how the money is acquired. Okay. Um, because I, it seems like there's a certain... Okay, money is... Wait, I'm so sorry. Let's back up. What's money? Oh my gosh, I'm, we're starting I'm, from there. I'm lost. What is it? Do you know what my dad used to say about huh? money? This is what he used to tell me. It's just numbers on paper, Tone. It's just <laughs> numbers on paper. He's not wrong. I mean, it is It is more... It's something we agree yeah. about. It's an agreement yeah. about what the doesn't numbers care much represent. For the, doesn't care much for the coins. No, right. <laughs> right. But that, I mean, that's just kind of a reflection of the disposition my family had towards money growing up. Yeah. It's just a means to an end. It's not an end it's of It's a itself. tool. Yeah, it's a tool. It, it, um, would you say it is power or it, it um, has latent power in it or something? So throughout the podcast, I've been like defining power as the ability to manifest my will in the world. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good definition. Yeah. And so money unlocks power in a way. Of yeah. mine. Money gives can, you power. Yeah. I can further express my will in various ways by having more money. Well, then that to me, I, just even describing it that way, that does seem clear to me that somebody who has a bent will hmm. and then just attains more power to make that will manifest. Right. It's just a greater distortion or greater impact. Become a tyrant. Yeah, greater devastation can be caused. Um, okay, so you wanted... Sorry. You said it, it matters how the money is acquired. I'm, I'm wondering about that. So I don't think that it's a sufficient condition that if you're happy and you acquire a large sum of money, that it will make you happier. You, Okay. Not necessarily. So I think, well, I don't know. This, I am shooting from the hip here. Yeah. But I can imagine there being like fairly content, happy folks that win a lottery. Uh-huh. And their lives become tragically unhappy. Really? Yeah. So, I like most, I think this is fact, most people that win the lottery, like in the 80 they percentile, they lose it all yeah. in a matter of years, months even. That's interesting. Because I, I thought, that's not where I thought you were going to go. I thought you were going to mm. say, you can imagine people who are perfectly contented, who win the lottery, and just remain the same level of happiness. I think that's a low percentage. Just, that's a low percentage. I'm equally as happy as I was before I won it. Mm-hmm. Because I, be, uh, yeah. Good. We're just kind of, I'm thinking this through on the spot. Yeah. So if we go with that power 
analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm suddenly, suddenly given a lot of power. That, to me, like, leave money aside for a moment. When I just get a whole bunch of power and I'm not ready for it virtuously, yeah, that that can corrupt. Yeah. What is uh, that, Shakespeare? Absolute power corrupts absolutely? I'm not sure if it was William, but... Wasn't it Macbeth or something? I'm not Sorry. sure. Maybe. Right. Sorry. Someone Google uh, that. But what is. I'm... Uh, a pretty easy case from literature would be like the Lord of the Rings. Okay. And getting... Now, the, I haven't... Okay. I'm not a buff like you, so... Well, just the, re- to... the really fundamental idea of like the ring. The ring itself. Yeah, the one ring of Sauron. So object Whose wear becomes invisible and among several, several other powers. What other powers? Just rattle them off. I'm sure you know. Uh, well, you can see kind of into the spirit realm. Wow. And see the true nature of the ring race, for instance. The ring race. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it also gives you unnaturally long life because you're tapping into the power of the Maiar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, that makes so, sense. No, Gollum lived for like five. He's just like Frodo. He's like a hobbit. Yeah. But he lived for like 500 years. Okay. So. Yeah. No, that's it's great. Im- it's really important to think about and. So, so you're saying this this movie tries to highlight this point that power, when it's suddenly just given to you, can right. corrupt. So certainly that, and even in the movie, the um, the notion, the possibility of acquiring the power. I mean, most ways that the ring is transferred from owner to owner is through murder, murder and theft. Yeah. So I don't have the power yet. You have the power. I'm jealous of it. Just and the I desire want, for the power. yeah. Let alone actually having it. Um, yeah. Can corrupt. But obviously that's fiction. But I think it tells a tale about the human heart and how important cultivating a virtuous character. And are you saying that? For, yeah. Are you saying that you know if you get rich, but it's not overnight? Say you work to amass a fortune over the course of a lifetime, that it's more likely you've cultivated those virtues along the way. You're a, probably a more virtuous person, or Yes, I do want to say that. Okay, okay. I'm not. None of these are hard and fast rules. I don't think, but yeah, there's a. You said a, a likelihood. Yeah. It's more probable because you're demonstrating. I mean, as long as your money is justly acquired, right. you're not thieving. Um, mm-hmm. That you've demonstrated some amount of virtue of perseverance. Yeah. Um, discipline. Consist- discipline. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, another thing I thought of that could influence whether or not more money increases your happiness mm-hmm. is uh, how much money you have to start with. So jumping from $0 to $1,000, wow, big leap. Mm-hmm. Jumping from $10,000 to 11000 not so much. Right. So for a millionaire to win the lottery is probably not going to increase their happiness that much. So there's a, I don't know. I guess. What what makes you say that? What why? How are you measuring happiness? Well, I just mean they're probably already used to have. I'm um, what am I trying to say? You know the 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 difference it would make to the quality of their life mm. is smaller than somebody who comes from abject poverty and then wins the lottery. Yeah, but now I do want to push back on the claim also that. Maybe money can make you happy. Yeah, well, so, sorry, that's where I wanted to go with that. Yeah, yeah. You come from abject poverty and you win the lottery. There are some aspects of your life that are just, it's going to be more comfortable yeah. for you. I don't mean like that you're titillated 
or your yeah the fun, although that can come from it, but can't it erase some insecurity or anxiety? Well, even just I've seen you know every now and then there's like an ask Reddit for where we people are asking rich people what's it like, and usually the response is yeah money does make life easier just undeniably there's some problems rich people don't have to think about where's my next meal coming from oh, yeah. uh, where do I have clothes to wear am I gonna be homeless tonight so it, I think it tapers off after your basic needs are met so are you admitting then that you must have external goods to be happy no because no, so I'm the not. the Stoics an ancient yeah Greek school of philosophy uh, and on the meaning of life, where it say, had this kind of slogan, you could be blessed on the rack. Yeah. Uh, I don't, we might have mentioned that. I think we might have actually. Episode. And the rack is this ancient torture device where they stretch your limbs out. Um, it was perpetrated on uh, William Wallace in the film Braveheart. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't know. They if just try ha- to tear you apart. I don't know if it happened to him in real life, but in any case, the Stoic says you can experience the full. Uh, you know, range that happiness has to offer you, oh, the full e- range. even in that situation, because it's a happiness is purely an internal state of mind. It doesn't depend on any external good you have. Joy, yeah, deep joy. So I am inclined to. You like something about? I do a, like something a about nugget of truth. That, yeah, I think there's something there, like. Even I think that's why there are some people who, even in the midst of suffering, can seem to still manage to smile. Or, um, and I think there's something inherently good about existing. So the fact that I'm here at wow. all is is good. But it definitely seems like it gets harder as external situations press against you. It seems like it would be easier to be happy if I'm not dying of starvation. Am I crazy for saying that? I think I would, I think just personally, I would have an easier time hmm. being internally happy if I was not suffering excruciating pain. It doesn't seem like that far of a crazy yeah. claim to make. I know, but... you, I know what you mean. <laughs> um, I don't know though. I'm not so sure. I should just be able to choose happiness equal with equal ease. Not all necessarily times that. Life. It has to be trained and developed. I mean, mm. I don't know if it's something that you can switch on like a light bulb. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I mean, I have been through situations in my life when I have, I have experienced sort of, I mean, just real poverty. I came over to the States as an immigrant <laughs> yeah. and was not allowed to work for several years. I subsisted on gift cards and I would do stuff. I, <laughs> dude, you, you weren't allowed to get time? you weren't allowed to get, be paid money, so they paid you in gift cards. Right. Well, do you remember that time? This is so gross. I don't know if I should bring this up on the podcast. I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, it's okay. weird. Okay, I'm not gonna bring it up then. <laughs> I did strange things for money. Yeah. Nothing nothing just little gags. Yeah, but... gags. Nothing illegal or like right. or sexually just, explicit. Just just foul. Yeah, just yeah. eating sticks of butter and right. stuff like that. Oh yeah, like it wasn't it dipped in salt. It was rolled in salt, and I that was twenty bucks to eat a stick of butter. Mm-hmm. I made it almost to the end, and then I puked it all up. So, oh, well. anyways, we, they still gave you the. They did out of pity. Pity. Yeah. They realized they were taking advantage of a, <laughs> of a poor guy who yeah. just needs some cash. Um, but yeah, there were times when I remember my 
I had 13 cents in the bank. And uh, so I feel like I've experienced... Um, I've experienced what it is to lack, and and now uh, my wife and I are. But in- you always had hope. There's a safety, a social safety net, not from like government, but like loved ones. Right, right, right. I never. You were never gonna tank into the I pit of homelessness. Yeah, I was never homeless. Right, obviously. Yeah. People have it far worse than I do, but I'm just saying, like, I've experienced life in abundance, and well, life you can with you lack. can just go out and buy like a brand new pair of shoes or an amp energy drink. No, I can't. I can't yeah. afford a Red Bull right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've experienced sort of both sides of it, whereas now my wife and I are blessed and I, I married a really financially responsible woman. And so um, I've kind of seen both sides of the coin. But I would say even in my lack, I was a pretty happy guy. My my poverty was not something that consumed my mm-hmm. mental life um, because I found my happiness in other things, I guess. Do you think... and? I guess you don't have to comment on whether you feel like you're a happier person now than you were then. But do you think that any of this has anything to do with your increased happiness? No. No, I don't think so. I don't really. I do think I have learned happiness more. So I do think I'm a happier right. guy than I was. Yeah. But not because but not, this you is now all... have a whatever bedroom house. And... Right. This is all, I don't know, because it, it is all transient. It, it at some point, I won't live here, and I won't have this house probably. And circumstances will change. Like, just getting attached to stuff is not something I've ever really right. done a whole lot of. Like, stuff comes and goes. So I try to find my happiness in other places, like relationships, mm-hmm. um, or even my relationship with God, my relationship with myself, that sort of thing. How do you? Is that a personality trait that is unchanging? Like, so you said, I try to find happiness in other places is it something that you deliberately are thinking about or Mm. just you're wired that way i want to say there's dispositions yeah some people just have an easier time and may or maybe it's not i don't know if you come out of the womb this is the nature nurture thing sure if you come out of the womb predisposed to become attached to objects more than other people or if it i think probably a larger impact is how were you raised how did your parents handle possessions and money how did they speak about them because, yeah, if you were raised in a household that had a scarcity mentality, that's how mm-hmm. you end up with hoarders that just have basements filled with stuff. That Now, at one point, I do want to do a podcast on this at some point, but okay. the Enneagram. Yeah. I've really been consuming a lot of literature <laughs> on it, trying to understand it. Okay. But one thing they say about the type that I think I am is, Which is the, uh, the five. The five. The, what is it? Inquisitor? Or the <laughs> the investigator. Is, the investigator. <laughs> but one hallmark of it is they rarely care about like physical possessions, possessions are huh. are content with like a really minimalist lifestyle because they really just want to live in the mental realm. And I found that that lived really tr- ring, rung true for me. To you live know. in the mental realm. That's great. Like I kind of want the basic stuff I need to yeah. hole up in my castle. Well, but. it's not that you, it's not that you don't want stuff. I mean, you're, you just, congratulations, are closing on a house. Uh, yep. you, so yes. um, you've talked about, boy, it would be nice to, have a basement that I could chill out in. Right. and I'm going to have an office. Right. So, have, like, so that's nice. That's more choice-worthy to me than not having an office. Right. But I don't think that's going to be, like, life-changingly, like, an increase to my happiness mana bar. Yeah, I would you say know? that's I would say that's true of you. I mean, I've watched you over the last, I don't know, seven years or so, living in one-bedroom apartments, mm-hmm. like, getting by on very little, and you seem like a really happy guy to me. It's not like... 
In fact, I don't know that you've ever mentioned it. Boy, this place is small. Or boy, life is hard. And it's. Mm-hmm. I don't think it ever even came up. This yeah. is life, and we're doing it. And yeah. this is my home. And yeah, that yeah, is my outlook typically. Yeah. yeah. No, that's great. But I also haven't had been tested by wealth. You know. Right. Like what, what if would I? Change? What if I was one of those people that won the lottery? Like, would I? What my life tank? Do you? Now, would I become happier, or I become unhappy? Because now, I'm experiencing more of this opulence that I can get my hands on and then I get stuck on the wheel of discontentedness and always wanting the better thing. Yeah. Because right now the better thing isn't really an option. I mean there's there's slight little <laughs> right. upgrades over the years. Right. But it's not like I'm I'm not going out and buying new shoes and clothes or marble countertops or anything. Like I'm not just it's, just, not, it's not a feasible thing for so me. So it's not even worth dwelling on mentally. Right. It's like why but if I the had time? the option to I might start to think about it more. Mm-hmm. And it might destroy my happiness. I sometimes wonder if, if, yeah, like if it would ever be enough. Even, even if you, you know, won the lottery and had just billions of dollars. Like, how is it that these people are able to go through that much money so fast? These lottery winners going through millions of dollars, and it has to be something about. Well, now it's unlocked a whole gambling, dude. A whole realm of gambling. You can lose it. In a matter of you think days. that they're gambling with it? Why would you gamble if you just won the lottery? <laughs> You're gonna take like well, the, be content, the, brother. The experience of being a high roller, right? They want to feel rich. Yeah. Just I don't know down. how many lose what percentage is lost on gambling, but I'm sure. I mean, dude, and well, there's also like the sociology of people that would even play the lottery. Yeah, aren't like I don't know. Super rational to begin with. Okay. Because it's apologies, a, listeners, if you have like it's just a way better decision to invest the one dollar right. in your four hundred one k. Yeah, you're better off doing that than it, buying a lottery ticket. It's usually a move of desperation. Yeah, like far yeah. and away it's better. Like a, yeah, yeah. So even recently, you I think uh, were treated to like front. Was it courtside seats at a Cavs game? It was. It's pretty close. My feet were on level with the court could you could have heckled the players pretty easily oh sure yeah yeah so you got a taste of i mean if you had money this is what you could do with it yeah i think i mean it's pretty difficult to get those seats to begin with you got to put your name in a lottery i think to even Mm -hmm. have the chance of buying them yeah so i think there were like thousand dollar seats at least wow but so i was really thankful to be able to go to that and i had a great time like seeing the players up close like it's kind of a just a really cool experience but i was kind of looking around at some of the other guys and a lot of a lot of these dudes are kind of younger business guys Mm -hmm. they're wearing like armani suits to the game and i'm what were you wearing (laughs) i wore just like athletic sweatpants and my just a cut off calves jersey (laughs) it just looked like a ignoramus you had the guns out yeah everyone else is wearing suits that was ridiculous (laughs) that's brilliant but i thought to myself like this is really cool and it'll be a nice experience but it's like it is the height uh like or one expression of the height of wealth and yeah. like that particularly like on on display in public like here are it's almost like rankings as you start from the top yeah these are the worst and the people with the least amount of money can afford these and you go all the way down you know it's just are you talking about the seats in the yeah, auditorium and okay. the cost yeah. of them and so, like, Stadium. these are the best ones yeah. you can get. This is the best of the best of experiencing this phenomenon of basketball. It's as good as it gets. And it was cool, but I walked away thinking, like, 
man, I'm so glad that there's more to life than that. Mm. And I, I wonder if you get trapped in that money world where money is what matters to you a lot. And you go to those things hoping that that will fill up your happiness tank. And it's just, it doesn't. It's not designed to do that. It's a fun, thrilling thing for a moment. Yeah. It's fleeting. It's really great. I'm not trying to minimize the fun that I, I did have a lot of fun. But I've also had a lot of fun, like we just stay up till three in the morning playing a video game right. together. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun That's too. That's fun too. Um, <laughs> Much cheaper. <laughs> so I don't know what the, fa- the implication of that is. It's just anecdotal. Yeah, but I I was not like I wasn't blown away by the amount of happiness that could be had by having a lot of money. Yeah, it's not like that. It's not that much better. Right. It was great. It was great. But it's not like crazy better. Yeah. So there are there are times when I've been, you know, treated to some something I could never afford on my own. And it is yeah. it is better. Like I do find it choice worthy. You put the two next to each other. I do prefer the nice thing. Right. But it's almost like, well, where do you go from there? Like, if that was the normal, if that was then the normal for you, where where else do you go? I, I can imagine that if that was your lifestyle, it wouldn't be long before the same sorts of discontentments mm-hmm. crop up in your heart. Great example, dude. So I'm there and I'm like, I'm glued to this game. Yeah. And like, I'm just, I can, what I really found cool is that like i can hear the squeaking of the shoes on the floor like Like it just all felt really real (laughs) and like i could my seat rattled when this dude just jams it down it's cool that's cool but i look around and i i would say at least half of the people courtside are looking at their phone on their phones they're on their phone man they have season passes they've seen all this before (sighs) it's not that special what are they looking for i don't know this it's not enough this was the height of yeah you know the experience and I've I've definitely experienced myself and I don't know if you have too but um maybe not buyer's remorse but um uh what would you call it buyer's disillusionment like wanting something real bad and then when I get it it's cool for like a day yeah and it's like all right it, my life hasn't improved that much I really wanted this thing before I got it and now I did I've that got a it. lot in high school, dude. Did you? Yeah. So, you get Dr. Grip well, pencils? Or? Uh, <laughs> one example that comes to mind really quickly is when I bought six-second abs. What is that? So it's like a little workout machine. Oh, and okay. I had been like I had been blasted by the infomercials of it. Mm-hmm. And just a jack dude is using it. And it's just this goofy little machine, man. It sits on your thighs. It's like imagine a little bar that sits on and your thighs. And this is, wait, wait. I need to picture it. So this yeah. is 15-year-old. Yeah. Clint, like skinny Clinton. Right. Little. Okay. And uh, so something that sits on your thighs and then there's two handlebars up at the top and it like kind of clicks down as you do a crunch on your lap. Okay. It just, it's internal resistance bands enclosed in plastic. So as you crunch, <laughs> instead of doing a normal crunch while you're sitting. Yeah. Uh, it's just some resistance to it. Okay. And I remember doing it for like 20 minutes. I, dude, I was so happy to go. I like. Okay, I saved up 50 bucks. Yeah. I'm going to go to Walmart. So I ride my bike down. I get, and I'm trying to steer my bike with one hand and holding this big box in the other one. <laughs> so I ride my bike two miles back to my house. And I unbox it. Gonna get ripped. And I realize, like, oh, this is going to take like some effort. Some work. Yeah. I don't actually automatically get the abs. You it's haven't a little bought bit lo- It's a little bit longer abs. than six seconds <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of time. 
and like I only did it for a few Wait, days. Wait, why is it called six? It was called six second abs. Yeah, because that's the why? length of time you're meant to contract. Oh, contract down. and hold it like yeah. a slow. Yeah. Okay. Three down, three up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I can think of a bunch of other examples. And me too. Where, I mean, I, yeah. musical gear, guitar that I've wanted for a long time, finally get it. And like, it's nice. I like, I like my guitar, mm-hmm. but it didn't give me the, it didn't make my life perfect the way I somehow thought that it might, Yeah. you know? So hmm. I don't know. There's a lesson in there about contentment. We have a, one of those cliche Hobby Lobby uh, like decorations on the wall upstairs that I like actually. Every time I go up there and see it, it says uh, something about the the secret to contentment is wanting exactly what it is that you have. You're like, oh, suddenly happiness. Yeah. And I also think too about ten years ten years ago, it, it, I used to covet the kind of situation that I'm in right now. Yeah. Wife, house, can't wait till re- I'm there. Golden retriever. Um like perfect little American dream type situation going on. But it's like, well, then what? Then what? Or or the thought experiment of imagine you had all the money in the world, all your problems solved. What would you actually do with your time? What is it you actually want deep down? You can do that now. Yeah. Well, do you want to? Gardenly speaking. Yeah. Right. Would Okay. So you buy the house on the beach and you've got the fridge stocked with beers. You've got no work on the calendar. What do, you, what do you do? You're just going to grab a beer, sit on the beach. Okay, that's good for a day or two. And then what? What is it that you actually want deep down as a person? Hmm. What is it that's going to fill that hole and make you happy? Love. Yeah. I mean, as cliche as it is, I really yeah. do think it's relationships that really matter. And those can be had regardless of your wealth status. Right. That's that's where fulfillment is. I find uh, there's we've given a little name to it in our culture now, show hole. Have you heard of that? <laughs> no, show hole. That sounds yeah, perverse. Sh- yeah, show hole, man. It's when uh, I've not heard of that. That's. I think it was on an ad for like Amazon Prime, but it's this. Uh, it's the hole that you find yourself in after you have finished watching a TV show. Oh, and like a depression? Because I have experienced that. Yes. When I finished Stargate for the first time, I don't know. You don't love Stargate, it's but okay. dude, it felt like a breakup. Yeah. It felt like I had lost my friends. Mm-hmm. I was so sad. I've experienced that with almost every show that I've liked. Office, Scrubs. Yeah. Uh, Scrubs got me. Oh, lost, man, that really last like episode. Lost. Um, it's over. And now, and then immediately, I try to find like something to dull the pain. Yeah. I'll try to find a new show. Fill the void. And they're not as good. Distract me. That show I try to find to fill the hole it's is not as good. good. Uh those aren't designed to fill up my happiness tank or joy. Mm-hmm. It's ultimately just kind of fun. There can be moments in shows that like the art of it is moving yeah, in a deep way. But yeah, the whole project of just watching a TV show is not going to be fulfilling. Yeah, not long term. Yeah. Right. So here's something I struggle with mm. is just thinking about the I consider myself on the whole, like a happy person. Yeah. I'd and if I got, if that. I came into a lot more money, would that make me happier? And I think part of the idea behind like why this person that I heard on the radio said this, it's perhaps like maybe they're doing like sacrificial cool things with their money to help other people. Yeah. And even that though can be for some personality types, that's just like a basketball game 
You mean philanthropy? Yes. Or an energy drink or a vacation home. That's what... It gives a buzz. Yeah. I did a good thing. And so I'm a good person. You can be discontented even in the midst of doing something really charitable for someone else. Yeah. So, because if the idea is that if I suddenly got more money, then I could do even more philanthropy and that's what's making me happier, then it's still... And I mean, you can push back on this, but isn't it still like I'm putting my happiness in some, like, why am I really that happier of a person because I'm able to help more people? Yeah. Like clearly Bill Gates has, has helped human flourishing on like a grand X multiplier than I probably ever will. Mm -hmm. Just the amount of money he's given and lives that have been and communities transformed by that. Yep. Does that make him like just by default happier than me and I mean, more contented because he was able to do more good in the world? I don't think so. I also think there's something there of if the reason you're engaging in philanthropic acts is to give yourself a buzz and happiness, it kind of undermines the project of philanthropy. I mean, you're still like really? this. Well, I think there's a, I think there's an element missing there. I think that experience could be more rich if it's done entirely selflessly mm -hmm. like i can definitely imagine an egotistical person who wants to be recognized as somebody who does a lot of great things for humanity and they do like they they really are giving money but there's something oh, still twisted in their spirit well yeah they there would be sometimes big uh billboards inside of a target like we gave two million dollars to united way last year right it's like cool great but the idea is like totally self-interested right it's to it's, so that they can we great come so back, they can honestly put that billboard up on the wall yeah and it'll make you want to come back to support the more generous business yeah than the greedy walmart not to say like ph philanthropy is all bad i mean uh, or just giving in general yeah. so maybe like chess like for a moment swerving into church world one obviously like churches need money to operate mm -hmm. we've went over that in the what is the church episode mm -hmm. um, like a local expression of a christian body some amount of widgets and resources are required to do the things that you're doing you're not just even if you met at a public park and there's no chairs taxpayers had to pay for that venue so like you're yeah, using there is money involved space any land that you're on in america is owned by somebody <laughs> you know and so it's being cared for or whatever so we need resources to do church but that's not the only reason that christians and different faiths the world over ask for money it's because it's a really healthy thing for you to do yeah and can lead to happiness so like one of my favorite lines from jesus that i think of often is those who will lose their lives for my sake will find it hmm. or this this idea that when you sacrifice when you lose yourself that's when you enter into life everlasting. Yeah, that's or, like that's where true human flourishing happens. Or that it's more blessed to give than receive. Sure. That's not that's not necessarily intuitive for us, but I've I've definitely found that true in my own experience that at times there is uh, there is some kind of a sting that maybe happens when I give money that was mine or I was looking forward to spending on mm -hmm. something for myself. But, oh, even dumb example, but just our friendship. Um, on your way over here, you offered, hey, I'm stopping at Speedway. Do you want me to get you anything? And I 
declined, but there are times when I haven't declined, and that's awesome. Yeah, my buddy's coming, and he's bringing me some energy drinks. If you haven't guessed it, I like energy drinks. Yeah. Um, and it's not like you and I are keeping score. Like, right. if I'm driving, we go through the drive-thru, I'll just pick up lunch. And and that has built a sort of a trust between us and uh, just a mutual looking out each for the other. What's mine is yours. What's mm-hmm. yours is mine. And um, I think has really served to increase our joy in this friendship. And that's that's because both of us are willing to practice generosity. Um, and I need money to be able to do that. Yeah. Or no. Wait, what do you mean? So like the idea of like money achieving happiness. Oh, do you need money if, to if be generous? Part, right. If part of happiness, if happiness requires generosity, then I need a surplus. Does happiness require generosity? To be able to give and not put myself to where I need to be given to. Now, I've heard the Ramsey thing of like giving out of your surplus, get out of debt, get your savings in order, and then all the surplus, give it away. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I just. (laughs) I I didn't mean to bash Target and stuff like these uh, different philanthropic pursuits. I think that's one of the reasons we do that at church. Yeah. Is we're providing an opportunity for people to step into something that's really healthy and life giving. You get to practice generosity. uh, And hopefully, like, because you are part of this community and you see the pastor and the people on staff and you can, you have a sense of what's going on, you might feel like even more so than other charities that like your money is going to good use. Yeah. Cause sometimes like, man, some of these charities, I just have no idea what's actually going on right. and might require a lot, a lot of outside research. But mm-hmm. I think that's why people give to a local church quite a bit as they can see what's going on. Maybe they've directly benefited from pastoral efforts and yeah. so want to pay it forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, so giving, I'd lump that into part of what it means to live a happy life. Yeah, that's a, a and so having so having money helps you give. Yeah. No, I don't. Giving can be more than money. Right. Give I'm, your, like for whatever reason, I keep just having the image in my head of you know the old Disney Aladdin movie, and he shares his loaf of bread with the orphans in that opening scene. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? Yeah, what I'm talking about. Sure. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't have money. He's a street rat. Yeah. Riff raff, street rat. But he's still willing to give what of what he does have. Or the widow's might, right? The, yeah. That parable. Or one time you gave me one hundred thousand dollars. Sorry. Now it was in World of Warcraft gold. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't I feel like I would remember that, but I don't. So that, okay. was, re- that was really awesome. Yeah, sure. Kind of you. Sharing of yeah. the wealth. Yeah. <laughs> Spread the goodness. Oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. All right, well, we could keep going on about this, but hopefully that's a little uh, little brain teaser for you this week. Yeah. Just uh, We'd love to hear what you have to say about the relationship between money and happiness. We're just kind of shooting from the hip here and yeah, if any sharing of, our little anecdotal stories. If any of you are crazy rich and the money has really made you a way happier person, I'd love to hear about yeah. how and why. Totally. Please write in. That'd be, Take that, us out for dinner if you want. <laughs> Take us to a basketball game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be fascinating to hear. Or, or if you have not very much money at all, mm-hmm. but you you can like without. We're not going to think you're prideful necessarily. Just that you are a really happy person. Yeah. Um, and what that looks like for you and your daily rhythms and stuff. Love to hear about that. Yep. Uh, so you can reach us at open to truth podcast at gmail dot com. 
Uh, be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to this. Try to subscribe That'd be either awesome. on iTunes or Spotify or Podbean. Yep. Uh, leaving reviews is really helpful. Even if it's just the stars, just tap on the stars in the app. That'd and if great. you haven't liked the Facebook page yet, that's going to be really helpful for us too. So yeah. thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. See ya. Bye.